Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our wrestling coach, my friend, and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Yo, Father Len. Yo, Irish. So, Father Len, uh, you and I have talked a lot about the divisive times we seem to be living in and living through at the moment, uh, culturally, politically, religiously, even within our own families and circles of friends. Uh, it, it just seems we're so divided at the moment. So, you know, what's going on? Why is it going on? Is uh, this the way life is meant to be or has to be? Is it really possible for us as human beings to live in unity? If so, you know, how do we do it? Now, I know you've kind of been toying with this idea of giving yourself the title of Supreme Commander here at our church. I sign all checks that way. (laughs) And it made me wonder, maybe is this actually your approach to kind of bringing unity around the office and around the parish? So anyway, uh, these are all my thoughts that are kind of wandering around here, Father Len. How about we grapple with this idea of living in unity and uh, you titling yourself as the Supreme Commander? I don't know that it has anything to do with what we're talking about. It sure seems to fit in, though. Well, I do. Actually, that is funny. I do like to call myself the Supreme Commander, which is really just a self-deprecating joke because... (laughs) In all honesty, what I've found is that uh, secretaries rule the world. Okay. <laughs> you do never want to tick off a secretary because they control everything. Well, and, then, then you'd, you'd think this might tick them off, call, you know, titling yourself as the supreme commander? <laughs> you, you may be destroying the unity in the parish, Father Len. Well, I think unity is achieved through dictatorial oppression, but oh, technically... <laughs> Technically, we'd say unity comes through Christ. And since it's Christmas time, you know, last time we talked about Christ comes to bring us our true, mature humanity. where We're able to uh, practice self-sacrificing love. But our true humanity is not just an in- individual thing. It's living in a united community. That's our true potential. So Christmas in one sense, is about living in a united and diverse community, a universal community that means Catholic. That's what the word Catholic means. And that hope is right there in the beginning of the Bible. So the first creation story, when God creates humanity, it says God creates humanity all at once in great diversity. But remember, it says, let us make mankind in our image. And when it says that, the image of mankind is when there's diversity, but complete unity. Or the second creation story, better known as Adam and Eve, where one human is split into two. What do you mean where one human is split into two? Okay, so this sounds strange, but at the beginning of that story, Adam is not his name. Actually, what it says, keeps repeating, is the earthling. So, God creates a single human being, the earthling. And the earthling is lonely. And so really says a prayer for a savior. And God puts the earthling to death and splits the earthling between male and female. From then on in the Bible, 
the two should try and become one and many should try and become united back together. So oddly enough, it starts with humanity being separated and the rest of the story of the Bible is waiting for this savior that will bring us back to being one complete human being, all of us united together. And the whole point of that is that we were meant to live in unity with other people even with great diversity, not conformity, unity. But what happens is that, you know, the story, sin comes in and sin divides us. Man against woman, us against God, us against creation, even ourselves. And as the story of Genesis goes on, there's more and more division between brother and brother. And then small communities are divided. And yet the Bible says that we all come from the same source and unity And yet we keep dividing and separating. So you could read the Bible as humanity's search for what will bring us unity. How will the many become one? So Father Len, just real quick, what you're saying is this has been going on since the beginning. This this divisive lack of unity and whatever. I mean, this is nothing new. the the, The word devil means divider. So think about this. Uh, Right from the beginning, the devil tempted us so that we can be divided against each other and God. Humanity is always thinking, well, they'll come up with the source of unity outside of Christ. And that's what I really like about the Tower of Babel story. The story is even when we try and merge together, you know, humanity comes to this floodplain that is perfect for settling and farming, and they invent bricks, which was the great technology of the time. And so humanity is in this perfect place, and they decide to build this tower with a head. That's actually what the Hebrew says, a head in the sky. And it says, we will make a name for ourselves. And yet humanity ends up more scattered. And so even with political unity and technological advances and agriculturally perfect area, And they're really united trying to build the perfect human society, the tower. So what Uh, is it? it. Explain the tower. What's the point of the tower? So they find this perfect place to live. It's great agriculturally. Everybody speaks one language, no political division, you know, no separation. Um, Everything's perfect on the exterior, right? Same language. Okay. Politically united, perfect area, technology, but when you read the story without knowing that it's a negative story, you'd think everything's great. That with all this stuff, no partisan politics, no cultural division, language, uh, the perfect ingredients for the perfect society. Like if we just had the right ingredients, we could make it perfect. But even with those external perfect things, we end up more divided in that story because we keep looking for external things to bring us together. And there's this repeated phrase that we'll make a name for ourselves, which just hints at the ego that will always tear us apart. So the desire for unity among human beings, it's a very good thing. But how we achieve achieve this unity, uh, that seems to be the problem. It's not through external machinery or conformity that we gain unity. We're really only united by something internal, the spiritual. So all humanity, the hope will be, will become one body. 
united together by something internal. And so the whole Bible can be read as a search for unity. And then God gives us the Old Testament laws, the beginning of morality. You know, but all the 613 laws, they'll bring order. The Ten Commandments can bring order, but they can't bring unity. So the Old Testament speaks of all these prophecies that when the Christ comes, he'll show us the way to unity, the thing that we've always searched for. So Christmas, when we celebrate that God took on human flesh, not just just to restore humanity, but to restore humanity to the unity that was intended right from the beginning of Genesis. The Christ will show us the way to unity. So to be Christian can only be experienced in a community. But Christianity sometimes claims that my relationship is with God is all that matters. Yet my relationship with others is a reflection of my relationship with God. And my relationship to God is dependent on other people. That's unity. That's Christianity. That's a very strong claim. And yet people always want to really dumb it down. So look at the story of the Good Samaritan. This lawyer asked Christ, you know, what of the 613 laws is the most important? Which one is really important? And they ask the question, really, because whatever Jesus answers, they're going to argue with. And Jesus combines really two laws, really a prayer plus a law, to love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. He combines them. Then to get some exceptions, this lawyer wants to know, well, what are the loopholes for me? And Jesus says, there are... Sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) What are my loopholes? Um, And the Good Samaritan story is basically Jesus saying, there's no loopholes. You have to love everyone. So are you going to explain this story for those who... Just give us a little quick synopsis of the story for those who don't know that Bible story. So Jesus tells a story because he wants loopholes. The lawyer says, well, who's my neighbor? And... Jesus tells a story about this Jew who is on the road to Jerusalem from Jericho, very dangerous road. Robbers catch him, beat him, leave him for half dead. And along comes a priest. And you think, oh my gosh, a priest would, he's certainly a religious person, is going to help. Well, the priest doesn't want to interfere with his life. So, And if you touch blood, then the priest wouldn't be able to go to the temple. So the priest just crosses the side of the road moves to the other side of the street and ignores a guy. A Levite, who's a scripture scholar, you think he's going to help because it's so obvious in the Bible. And yet, you know, if he can't get to Jerusalem to give his lecture, that's going to interfere with his money. So he crosses the street. And then the Samaritan, who was the enemy of the Jew, sees the guy. Sees the Jew. Yeah, sees the Jew, goes out of his way to nurse him back to health, even costs him money. And it's pretty surprising if you're Jewish and you wake up and you find, wow, the guy who helped me was not the priest or the Levite. It was my enemy. And Jesus is saying that if you think worshiping in the temple is more important than caring for even your worst enemy, then you don't know God. So both are equally important. Jesus says love of God and love of all people is what the whole Bible is about. No exceptions, no loopholes. So that kind of love, not 
more laws and regulations. That kind of love will unite us together. That's what Jesus came to teach. So for modern people, they always seems to go to two extremes. And one extreme says that you can be, quote, spiritual but not religious. Or the other extreme says, well, I just accept Jesus into my heart so I can go to heaven. But both cut out other people. Both cut out community. We cannot possibly love God without loving others. That's the ground of true Christianity. That's the ground of the church. So God is not some object of our love, but the very ground and source of our ability to love one another. It's only in loving others that we find out what the word God means. So we cannot possibly love God without loving one another. Because it's only in loving one another that we find out what God is. So you can't possibly say, well, I'm a Christian and I love God, but I don't love these people and I don't love these people. That's just one parable. But Jesus has a lot of parables about it. So I I know I'm kind of harsh. To be spiritual but not religious or to say, I just accept Jesus in my heart, that's not really Christian. The word Catholic means universal. Now, how that name came about is um, like in Jerusalem, the Christians, when they called themselves the people of the way. In Antioch, they called themselves Christians. That's what we're getting. But all of them united together. That's very clear in the early church. All of them united together, practicing the same beliefs, same stories, same religious, all united by the 12 apostles. So they say, well, what do we call each other? They call themselves Christians there and you know, different parishes call themselves different. And some of them, like the ones in Jerusalem, are Jewish. The ones in Antioch were mostly Gentiles. What do we call ourselves? We call ourselves Catholic, universal. doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek or whatever you are. And that name is very ancient. You know, it's first in written form in 107, but obviously it was commonly used before that. That's actually the same time the gospel is finishing up being written. So right from the beginning, we called ourselves Catholic, but the word Catholic means universal. And so think about this. this. You have this diverse image of the body of Christ of all these different cultures and people united together in God and with God. So all of us become one. And if you think about this, the Catholic Church is has been and is the most ethnically diverse movement ever in human history. That's a pretty shocking thing. Mm -hmm. It's not tied really to one culture. It expands all of them. And there's this church in uh, Israel called the Church of the Annunciation. And they have, I just love this image. They have hundreds and hundreds of these images of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph from all the countries in the world of all various different styles, Croatian, Scottish, Bolivian, Nigerian, Asian. And why do they paint Mary, Jesus, and Joseph and all all these different nationalities as a way of saying um, the Holy Family? It represents everyone. We represent the Catholic Church by this huge universalism. And I just think this is interesting. There's a study on what does the average Christian look like today? If you just took the basic numbers today, what does a Christian look like? And statistically, it would be a woman of color in poverty in a shanty house, either Hmm. in South America or Africa. 
it wouldn't be what the movies say. You know, the movies always de- depict Christians as these white evangelical Americans that probably speaking with a Southern accent belonging to a political party. But really, the body of Christ has existed for 2,000 years in every single culture and people in history. So we'd say the best image of Christian is everyone united. That's what the word Catholic means. And so to bring out true Christianity, you need other people. You need community. And C.S. Lewis writes this great thing where C.S. Lewis, this writer, um, he had two best friends, and all three of them were incredibly close, Jack, Ronald, and Charles. And there's things about Charles that Ronald could bring out, and there's things about Ronald that Charles could bring out. And fortunately, unfortunately, Charles dies. And C.S. Lewis thinks, well, okay, he still has his best friend Ronald, and you know he'll just spend more time with Ronald and get more of Ronald's personality. And he was shocked to discover that actually he got less of Ronald. What C.S. Lewis discovered is that no one person can draw out everything from your personality. What we need to draw out the best part of our personality is a community. And so what he, what he discovered is that there are certain things about Ronald that just brought out Charles's personality that C.S. Lewis couldn't bring out. So when his friend died, he actually lost a, not just his friend, but part of the personality of his friend Ronald. And I think that is so true, that we need other people to bring out the best parts of our personality. So the more diverse a community, the better it can bring out our true humanity. The more diverse a community, it can express all of humanity. So the more you have young and old and male and female with great diversity, it's truly Catholic. If your community just reflects your subset of a culture and ethos, then maybe you're just worshiping yourself. That is not Catholic. And so like a personal and private relationship with God, that's not Christian, nor is it Catholic. If it's just you and God, that's not spiritual. If it's just you and everybody who agrees just with you, that's not Christian. That's just a form of conformity. And we'd say, well, why is that? Well, because God is perfect, loving community. So the great myth of the 19th century is that separating religious community from spirituality would be better, where it's just me and God, me and myself. Actually, I think it'd be less. That isolationism is just really a form of spiritual narcissism. Conformity is not the same thing as unity. And just about the Catholic Church, think about this. The Catholic Church is the greatest expression of democracy because we have schools of spirituality from 2,000 years of different cultures. Some cultures don't exist, but their schooling does. How does this relate to your question about the source of unity? Well, Christ came to return us to the original blessing of unity, where there's one united humanity, united not only geographically, but throughout all time, glued together by the Holy Spirit, and whose head Christ is in the sky, heaven. So the unity that the Tower of Babel was trying to create by building this human being whose head is in the sky, they tried to do it by external conformity. 
Christ comes to make us build by an internal uh, unity, the Holy Spirit. And the one thing God wants in the Bible is a family. That sounds kind of strange, but that's another theme. So the weekend after Christmas, really, I shouldn't say that. Um, Christmas for us is 12 days. So it starts with the Feast of Christmas, but then in the next celebration is the Feast of the Holy Family. And the Feast of the Holy Family is not about, well, you know, it just drives me up a wall when priests get up and tell people how their family should run. Because, like, literally a celebrant would have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. The Feast of the Holy Family is not about your, you know, the Irish Holy Family or what wives should do and husbands should do. The Feast of the Holy Family is about this great desire of, that God has that all of us look at each other as brothers and sisters. That's the Holy Family. And are united. And, yeah, that, that kind of unity uh, is deeper and more intimate than just culture. And I, let me get this right. I love my culture. Like I, I tell people, I want to live and die in Idaho. I love Idaho. It is me. Uh, I love everything about Idaho. But I'm Catholic. So, yeah, even those who are, you know, the ancient Celts, they're a part of me. And the Mexicans, they're, you know, I'm united with them and the Croatians and I do believe that through the Holy Spirit, all of us are one. I love my culture. I love the United States. I love, love Idaho. But true unity is not brought about by conformity. So like in the Catholic Church, we have, you know, these creed every, every Sunday. But, you know, the creed in one sense is about Christ bringing about a united humanity in some ways. Because God took on human flesh to do that. So... Do you believe that being a creature is so important that the eternal God became a creature, a human being as well? Do you believe that you are so wonderful that God chose us to be a creature as well? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Catholic Church? Do you believe that the Spirit of God is present in the world, not foremost and first when people are just like me, but when we're united together? when us, that the Holy Spirit really is this experience of community. To say I do to any of those is this radical statement of who God is and who I am, that my relationship to other human beings is founded on God. So it's not a community that I get to make up. I mean, that's just a form of narcissism. So with all this division in the world, I know, like, I have strong opinions politically, culturally, but the thing that is supposed to unite us is the coming of Christ. That we look at each other as brothers and sisters. People in a family can be incredibly diverse and still love each other. That's that's really what you're saying, I think, Father Len, the missing ingredient. Let's just take our country when it was formed and the, the Declaration of Independence the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. This is all external stuff. It's good stuff. But unless there's a foundation of love and sacrifice where we appreciate others who may have different ideas, ethnicities, and personalities, unless we care about the well-being of other people, it all kind of falls apart. You know, what you're saying is God is love. And unless 
we have love. We have love for each other. We're, we're yeah, not going to be able to unify. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it'll be the Tower of Babel. Even if we have all the perfect parts together, conformity will never bring about a united society. Yeah, Only love can do that. To me, you know, like front and center in our country right now is all this political division. And what gets lost really is the well-being of everybody what's good for the 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 whole group it's like we're in these little silos yeah silos and stuff it's it, and it's... when are you going to be dressed like like i i love when i go to mass and you see we have some africans there i mean this is idaho so it's not too diverse but we have some africans and then the vietnamese and the you know how the women dress in those silk and you see this great diversity and people really care for each other that is where we need to go. Otherwise, we're just monkeying with, with machinery. Machinery, and, rules, technology, all that stuff. Yeah, if yep. everybody just conformed to my image, I'm the supreme commander and everything should be interpreted <laughs> just like me. I've told my staff that. They're just not getting the message. <laughs> so that's not working it's, for you, all this dictatorial God, stuff. It is not, it's like they're not listening. I told you, I'm the supreme commander. <laughs> Well, Father Lynn, I think that's uh, that's a good way for us to kind of wrap this up. I, I think this was a good conversation about unity and, and how we might be able to achieve it. So we welcome your comments and questions here at the Wrestling with God show. Uh, it's easy to get those to us. We'd love to hear about this episode or any of the episodes we've done. You just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com, and you click on the questions button. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, and we sure hope that you are, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people discover us. And we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, purpose, and unity in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you.